for South Africans doing great things. We have uh, a very uh, contextual conversation. We're talking about uh, to an entrepreneur, Zuko Tisani. Zuko is a founder of a company called Legacy Technology Conferencing. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Zuko, and welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So, uh, Zuko, let's just start off by telling us about your upbringing. Where, where, where did you come from and how did you end up into in this uh, city of gold, as it's called? Yeah, so I was actually born in uh, Port Elizabeth in a township called Bangkagi. And, uh, you know, when my parents found their feet in Johannesburg, I moved down. Uh, so I have that, you know, laid-to-back kind of lifestyle to it. But at the same time, we uh, have moved over to Johannesburg, where, you know, this is the city of gold, city of dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I've been living in Johannesburg since I was seven years old. Uh, went to good schools. I think we have a quite a value for education in my family. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think my upbringing was, was quite a simple one. My mother's an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned a lot from her in terms of, you know, getting the mistakes ready before I went into them. So I didn't actually initially start out as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I started off in corporate. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, from there, it really just took its turn. And what role did uh, your mom play in your interest in business and entrepreneurship? You said that you did watch her in those aspects. And what role did she play in that? uh, Other roles did she play in that aspect? Look, I mean, I think um, I had a great understanding in terms of like how money actually is made. Um, so, you know, she she was she's a black female entrepreneur and apparently that's the most wanted thing out there. Mm, definitely. Uh, but when you look at it from a reality perspective, you know, you, you find that you're not going to get a sense out of, uh, I don't want to be too controversial, but, you know, the, the PICs, the IDCs of the world, you know, it's really uh, access to funding that you, you never really hear about getting. So uh, watching her, you know, you really got an understanding to say, you know, mm. this is the way, you know, business actually practices, the way you're actually going to survive in this ecosystem, uh, even though there's so much mention of mm. uh, opportunities and access and in whatever regard. There's, you know, there's still the, the status quo that exists in terms of the kind of value you have to put on the table to get something back. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a huge disparity when it comes to financial literacy, and um, certain things like after two years, a company, how do you, a companies, if they do, you run it, it does uh, break even in the second year. Yeah. Then it's time to recapitalize. You don't find that in a, in a, your normal financial management book. No, of course. And um, just talking about that financial literacy. How important is it to have those uh, conversations with your child? Because a lot of the time, uh, parents aren't truly honest about the financial status. And then you become into, come into a world of expenses and incomes and all those things. How important right. would it to start for you from a young age in your experience? Yeah, I think it's extremely important. I mean, for me, I've been just learning from my peers who are entrepreneurs as well. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't really understand... Uh, the basics to it I, I opened up my, my business account and within the month of me opening it I was already in a, a negative I was already in arrears owing uh, <laughs> you know even be money so yeah. I was thinking you know I'm not really being supported here yeah. uh, from, from the banks or institutions but more so I wasn't supported from what I got out of my education I think you know education is quite traditional these mm-hmm. days um, you know very much profession like and, and I, I don't think I got the real realities or the, the threats of business mm-hmm. and uh, yeah you know as a young entrepreneur you're going to have to really learn everything as you mm-hmm. kind of go so I've made my mistakes I, I really understand and you know I could obviously relate that to other entrepreneurs but I, you know I wish that there was a, a great infrastructure from an educational perspective and an emphasis on entrepreneurship mm-hmm. uh, which would actually you know would have helped an individual like me 
I've got uh, a business partners who I can't even mention the amounts of money that they make. I always feel I'm inadequate when I compare <laughs> myself to them. I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, and once you, you think, can't go clubbing with them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> completely different tax bracket. So in, in, in education itself and studying, how important is education when you're an entrepreneur? Because some entrepreneurs I don't have formal education. I could talk about Richard Branson and all those other extra who, who had those abilities. So how important is education? And how did it affect your decision to be an an entrepreneur? Look, I think education is two ways, especially in my space. So in the space that I work in, I'm a technology entrepreneur. And um, specifically in that space, uh, it's going to take a lot of your computer sciences. And, uh, you know, if you get that from a young age, you find like guys like John Collison, he's the Mm -hmm. youngest billionaire in the world, CEO of Stripe. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was coding at eight years old. And those are the kind of, you know, structures and culture Mm -hmm. he comes from. You sold his first company at 18, by 26, he was a billionaire. Mm -hmm. Uh, Versus people like Richard Branson, you know, were very traditional entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, goods, services, uh, you know, I've got an Apple, how much are you going to pay for it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Versus looking at how can we now scale uh, an application or a service or software uh, to actually reach a larger trajectory and uh, get that traction. So um, it, I think for me, uh, in today's world, it plays a, a more critical role, mm. uh, especially if you're looking to also create something as, that's, that's relevant in today's society, which obviously has a, a technology element to it. And uh, if you're going to need that technology application to, to your company that you want to start, it's, it's quite critical for me to, to have that, that, that computer uh, IS uh, and, um, background. I, I remember in varsity, I was very frustrated with one of the teachers. He wouldn't let me apply for a math course. <laughs> and I was doing information science. I and know I was like, this thing. And I was determined because you, traditionally you taught that if you know how to count money, if you know how to count yeah. sums, that's the, 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 for me, I was like, okay, maths, yeah. if I don't know mathematics, yeah. maybe I'm stupid. Yeah. I'm going to be hampered. And he told me, no, um, it doesn't, he, in almost a lack, like a daisical man, it's like, it doesn't really matter what you study. When you get into the working world, it's all the same. And not, I couldn't understand what he was that saying. That applied to me. Because you also studied management consulting, but now you shifted to technology conferencing. No, so I studied industrial psychology at UCT mm. um, so that was in the humanities degree and I went into management consulting so mm. I worked for Accenture okay. and that was a completely different realm you know I was a digital management consultant and uh, this is really where I got you know my, 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 my hands wet my hands dirty in terms of understanding what it's like what it means to that C-suite the executive mm-hmm. uh, to have a digital element to it what are we actually selling to them you know that customer experience um, that's that hoarding of data how do we interpret that into value mm. uh, these are the kind of things that I really picked up in my career early on and which allowed me to you know be fluent in terms of speaking to the technology guys to say okay cool if you want to scale your company mm. I can obviously come in and, and have that conversation with you we have in studio Zugo Tisani he is a founder of a company called Legacy Technology Conferencing very interesting name I'll go we'll go to that but now um, the most important part of this is that uh, you uh, are part of the world's top 350 handpicked entrepreneurs in the world under 25. That's according to Karis Global Society. You are standing amongst great peers, people like Ludwig Marishane and Sia Kluza. Yes. How do you feel? First of all, congratulations. How did this? Uh, how did you? How did you get uh, to this incredible, uh, astonishing uh, levels? You know, so well, I basically just applied. So what I was doing when I was in, in UCT is that I was a president of the Entrepreneur Society, and uh, I was brokering deals.
sales. So I never really had a company of my own. I never really made uh, a dime on my own before actually this time now. And back in my day when I was the president of the UCT Entrepreneur Society, I was basically leveraging off the smart guys and saying, you know what, you have something really investment worthy mm. here. We have guys like Emil McLennan who got the highest investment on Dragon's Den, 5 million rand, you know, back when he was in second year at UCT. Mm. Uh, Alistair Hendricks who devel- developed the Vula site, uh, you know, and he's now in, in a student portal creator or, or app developer and moved over to to the states and you know mm-hmm. guys that really um really grew and really developed themselves and i was able to to say to Karis, you know what listen you know these are the kind of guys that i really helped out and supported and uh they mm-hmm. they saw value in that so it really was a great opportunity for me to be a part of because i had great companies that i was able to support mm-hmm. uh with great stories and obviously i just kind of you know integrated that into mine uh so yeah it was great meeting guys like so mm-hmm. ludwig and uh, and i you know i really mm-hmm. go to him for that personal advice and he's a fantastic entrepreneur um so it was actually you know recently met mm. even though we're part of the same society actually met him over this past weekend can't get away from Kosa people wherever you go <laughs> <laughs> We're the future still. We're the future, but when you see Klaus is very much synonymous with moguls. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic guys that you really get to learn from. So, you you know, you ask for practical advice. You know, Sia mm-hmm. was doing a lot of speaking. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I find myself in the same space now. So, I was like, you know what? You know, what are the kind of platforms that you use to go over? And these kind of networks are very important if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Keep a, keep a sustainable business so I mean like you know I do things that keep the lights on and um, yeah so we work quite closely together yeah uh, then it, it almost kind of debunks the statement then statement about uh, being uh, no it doesn't uh, what do you think about uh, the statement that uh, says that you shouldn't be the smartest person in the room I think that's very important and this is what legacy does right so we have South African startups within this ecosystem who are high flyers you know they're being backed by your biggest com- your corporates in South Africa uh, however they're the smartest people in the room uh, in, in the world of tech we have this term it's called a unicorn a unicorn is a startup that is valued over a billion dollars there's over 200 of those so you know your, your Snapchat your Facebook those things that have their IPOs that have are listed over and valued more than a billion dollars in Africa there's only one unicorn right it's from Nigeria and there's none from South Africa why not why are we struggling so much again it comes back to the, the statement that you're making you shouldn't be the smartest person in the room ah. so you, you kind of see these guys they, they are high flyers yeah? they have such great innovation um, but they're restricted in certain ways so what we do at Legacy is we, we take over these these high flying startups in mm-hmm. South Africa and we put them on these global platforms and uh, on these platforms we, we have uh um, you know, the other greats, the other side of the tech world. So guys from mm. across the world. So we take them over to Lisbon where they'll be engaging with the unicorns. They'll be engaging with the true high flies of the world. And uh, that's what we find more important, that you shouldn't be mm. the most smart person in the room. So, mm. yeah. And, um, you know, people tend to uh, isolate themselves when it comes to business and going alone. I can talk about Jack Ma and uh, we never talk about uh, failure. We never speak about failure, and, mm. and I don't think those discussions are, are, are had in often enough because you can talk to the, the, the grit that you talked about. Most successful people have been able to handle challenges and say, I'm going to be determined. We can talk about people like Elon Musk, the type of challenges yeah. that he's faced in his life. Go date back to his childhood, and you just think that these opportunities are there. Mm. How should we understand failure, and how can we fail forward? Yeah, I think we should celebrate failure. There's a, a very uh, interesting event that I like to attend. I, I can't say the full word on air, but it's called F-Up Nights, right? <laughs> and uh, at that space, you know, you have entrepreneurs come in and they're going to say, this is how 
I effed up and this is why I'm here. Mm. And it's basically a celebratory kind of, you know, conversation to say that, you know, this is what I've, I've gone through in terms of my personal mistakes. Mm. And this is what I've really learned from. And those are the kind of platforms I really think, you know, we should start, start to, to emphasize more in terms of more than the celebratory ones. You know, everybody's going to get their 15 minutes in life, but it's more important to, you know, give a helping hand to someone, you know, but below you and really pick them up. So I really think failure is, is something that should be more celebrated. It will mm. more discuss, not mm-hmm. celebrated, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, it should be more embraced. I mean, like I've got my failure and my challenges but it's not something I don't see a platform for me to go and say you know guys this is where I really messed up mm. there's nothing really there that will you know that, that that wants you to be a part of a conversation if you're not already ahead it's always speaking about when you're ahead and what you've achieved mm-hmm. but you know we don't have the conversations about you know those dark those lonely um, roads mm. and, and, and times in your life so yeah I really think that we should do more about that <coughs> And uh, how do you feel about mentorship? There was specifically um, <laughs> mentorship that you have to pay for. Yeah. I understand when you set up when you when you set up a mentorship program, you rent out space and a conference and all those uh-huh. kind of things, and you incur expenses. But then, if you are a mentor and you're charging people prices, etc., how do you feel about that? Jeez, how I feel about mentorship in its entirety is. Okay, so personally, I feel that in the space that I'm in, I really wish I could find a mentor, someone that is, you know, uh, I can relate to in the space, you know, and, and really, you know, gain relevant and direct information that would support my business. But unfortunately, I haven't found someone who can actually directly you know, uh, mentor me in that space. Mm. So I haven't, I, I'm not the best person to speak on mentorship because I, I haven't really found people that, I, I think that if you, you finding your, your feet, especially in a space that is, is quite empty mm. uh, and, and you, you're joining a new field, I don't think there's many mentors out there. Uh, but mentorship in general, um, I, it's quite important. You need someone to talk to. Mm. Uh, however, you know, you, you don't want to be in a situation where you're overtaking your mentor. Uh, you know, you have situations where you, you there's a, there's a risk element to it. So I do a lot. I'm very risk uh, uh, abrasive. So I'll, if I had to have a mentor, the half the things, opportunities I had, you'd probably say, don't, don't do it because it's too risky for the kind of space that you're in. So in that regard, I find that mentorship may lead you down. Uh, but it is very important just to understand the basic out, you know, frameworks of certain uh, spaces and understanding uh business at a practical level so i think it it is good for that but however you know i really think you should really go more with your guts more than anything so uh, we've we've faced we're at a very very inspirational time where uh black and female owned startups are seeking these sponsorships and um what opportunities does your organization or partnership does it offer to a black woman it's a huge focus and it's a very necessary need i'm going to go into stats of um, how our society you you also come from an environment of a single mother and you mentioned how um she, uh, sorry with your mother who yes. inspired you rather uh, and um that comes from how important is it to support uh black and female owned startups yeah i think that is critical so within our top 10 that we have now uh, our top 10 south african startups that we're actually supporting to take over to lisbon at the end of the year three of the companies are female owned two of those are black uh, black and female mm. owned. Um, so I know the stats aren't great. Uh, you know, twenty percent of the companies uh, doesn't show a real uh, drive to 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 this, this, this equality that we're seeking. Uh, however, I, I think 
the the platforms are uh, more vocal than they are you know tangible mm-hmm. so those things that we're, we're, what I mean by that is those opportunities where they say that we want black and female um, they don't really materialize to mm-hmm. too much tangible opportunity um, so I do feel that there's still a huge struggle I think still think there's a huge impairment mm-hmm. uh, but at, at the same time uh, I don't think we are giving them the enough you know of the platform enough of the cake mm. um so yeah it might also come down to a confidence issue as you know you know the space that we run in is yeah. run by men and you know you don't really give a voice to these spaces of, and, of black and female and there is now a web summit of 60,000 attendees this november in lisbon there's an opportunity for uh, black and female owned startups can you tell us a bit more about that yeah so the whole basis of the the conference is, is about technology startups right and uh th- so we we partner with the chamber of commerce of lisbon uh basically they're creating that bilateral relationship between south african startups and you know what's happening in portugal mm. so the, you know our top 10 is going to be sent over to portugal we're going to have tangible opportunities they're going to be you know driven by business leaders in portugal they're going to be have there's going to be a huge drive of investors to mm-hmm. our startups as well as a lot of pr and incubation um opportunities so yeah i think this 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 november is going to be huge mm-hmm. for uh, us to get those business cases to say you know what what we're doing here is actually making a lot of sense because in south africa we struggle with the the three fundamental uh fundamentals of startups and uh, that is mm-hmm. access to funding that is mm-hmm. the skills and that is also obviously just expanding your consumer market uh, as you know the consumer market is quite you know restrained here in South Africa mm. uh, there's it's 55 million people but you know you can't really say all of those are active consumers um, so it, it, it's tricky but at the same time we, we're building a case here where we're saying mm-hmm. we're going to leverage off these global technology leaders mm-hmm. and we're going to make our South African ecosystem something worth looking into from you know the government's going to see things that we're doing mm-hmm. and we're going to have you know a stronger participation from corporates and uh, yeah so let's build from November and take the success stories and bring them back home and if there are any black um, female owned star- female owned startups or ladies who own startups out there how can they uh, take advantage of this opportunity um so currently we 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 have selected our top 10 that we want to support at this moment uh but i think really from from a november perspective and when we really get stronger you know going in forward uh for next year i think we're going to have a lot more opportunities in terms of creating that that global connection Mm -hmm. um for more black and female owned startups and obviously that is our primary focus so we will have a stronger look at that yes and uh, the the name legacy Technology <laughs> conference. I, I went and said legacy. <laughs> How did that name come about? It's very interesting. Um, yeah, it was a play on words, man. Actually, to be quite honest, it's quite difficult to find a name that has not been used. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you if you really think about it, you know, we we supporting the generation Z. That's the next coming generation. Uh, you know, so we're in this information era where mm-hmm. with millennials and we, we exist in this time when this information uh, era where everything's on, on the web. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we're saying that, you know, in the South African ecosystem, we don't really find that our culture really supports this, this, this movement, this, this drive towards mm-hmm. saying that, you know, this tech space is going to be the cornerstone of our economy and our, and, our, and our society. So we really see the vision that, you know, this is what we're going to do for the African, you know, community mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and, and as well as culture. So we really hope by Generation Z we would have, you know, transformed um, the, the, the space and made it more, um, you know, a, 
approachable and applicable for the, these startups. And um, you mentioned that you're a negotiator. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, you, the whole idea of not uh, wanting to be the smartest person in the room, agility to an extent, versus compet- uh, versus being competitive, competitive directly, mm-hmm. that agility to understand, okay, I have these skills and this is how much I can do. And um, you have accomplished a lot with that negotiation skills. What are some of your accomplishments thus far? With negotiation, wow. So negotiation for me, I, I really think is one of my stronger uh, aspects in terms of my skills. So uh, I, you talk about this thing called a value currency. Uh, I really believe that no one's going to help you you know, out of for nothing. Uh, and that's not because people are bad people. It's because I think just generally human nature is quite selfish. So, you know, whenever you go into a negotiation room, you always have to think about, you know, what is the person across the table going to receive from mm. helping you? Mm. And um, yeah, there's something I emphasize quite heavily. Uh, some of the things I've gained out of this was... Um, Jeez, uh, the story that came out in Entrepreneur Mag about the million dollar letter of intent I received mm. from the largest okay, CMC. Okay, he's being, he's being, he's being very, uh, uh, what do you humble at the moment? And let me just read what this gentleman has achieved. Uh, legacy, he's, he's burying himself at the moment. This is, Legacy is now a subsidiary of the by design community, uh, the extent itself. It, it, we're talking about uh, $1 million in, in extent in those uh, magnificent things. So uh, into, if you could speak to, uh, you have a proven track record, you've attracted business, you've been able to work with others. What would your advice be to get to these uh, great levels? Um, basically, to understand that you're not made of glass, right? So what I mean by that is that take the risk, take the chance and just leap off that leverage. So I've been in situations where, you know, you, 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 you have nothing, you know, you've I've not been unemployed for a certain amount of time. You mm-hmm. know, you have those kind of experiences where, you know, it's going to be a rough patch. Uh, but more so what's more important is to take those opportunities those leaps of faith uh, because you know you can't die from risk I personally believe mm. uh, so yeah for, for me it's really important for people to actually now you know have a stronger hold on their dreams uh, there's a poison in society which which are really core expectations so people really want you to tick all the boxes you know that you're doing this and maybe in the next 20 years you can have a, a go at your dream and a crack uh, but for me I, I really think that you know the moment is now uh, and really have that opportunity and have a crack at it as soon as you can. And, uh, and uh, in that aspect of uh, with regard to where we're going, it's important to uh, have some downtime to extend because we, a lot of young people are, are, are suffering from burnout and those kind of things. Uh, what, how do you uh, use downtime if you have any at yeah. all? How do you refresh? How do you uh, just take time for yourself? Look, I'm not a social butterfly, so um, I, you won't find me at Fashion Week, which is happening tonight. And you know, were well, you really invited? <laughs> <laughs> if I was, my ticket would be at the back. Um, yeah, man. So I really think of my downtime. You know, I spend time with my uh, childhood friends mm-hmm. or men's friends from um, varsity, and basically, uh, I like to involve myself in the startup ecosystem as deeply as possible. So I really try and change myself mm-hmm. uh, that my work is my life. And, um, you know, I go to these startup events such as Simodisa uh, Thursdays. Um, I'm really quite involved with Standard Bank Incubator as well. So I really love spending time with people that think like me because, you know, as they say, you know, you are an average of the five people you spend mm. the most time with. So, yeah, that, that, kind of, that kind of space has really helped me grow in terms of being uh, an entrepreneur and really being able to establish and, you know, calling myself a technology entrepreneur. Yeah. And where can our listeners uh, get a hold of you, find you and your business? Yeah, so it's legacy. So it's l e g a z y dot c o dot z a, um, and that's our that's our website. And if you want to send us any inquiries, it's info at legacy dot c o dot z a. 
before we get uh, berated by uh, some of our uh, Eastern Cape compatriots, I'm going to ask you this tough question. Uh, what is your response to the many, many challenges? You say you've come to Joburg, you've made it big, you know how to work startups. What do you have to say about the Eastern Cape and its economic challenges? You talk about young people, incubation hubs yeah. and, and startups, etc. What's the yeah. challenge with the Eastern Cape? Yeah, the challenge of the Eastern Cape is that the culture is too laid back. And um, I, I can say that because, you know, I, my family is from there and I'm there annually. And uh, you find that you, when you go back there, the growth is, is minimal. If not, there's no growth. Um, I haven't lived in, in Port Elizabeth since I was seven years old, but mm. pretty much the places have remained looking the same. Mm. Um, so development overall in the Eastern Cape is is, is quite stagnant. Uh, however, we are proud to say that we do have a startup from from the Eastern Cape called Tender Point, uh, and we like to support uh, startups from spaces where you know there isn't that 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 Joburg jungle mm. where you've got every single corporate uh, within a, a square mile. Uh, but yes, Eastern Cape is, is challenged by the issue of development. Once again, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we do have Uzu Kotisani from the Legacy uh, Consulting Conference. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers, brother.